welcome back to another episode of the Exodus. Hold on, hold on. You, you can't do it today. We got we have Mark Lobliner on our podcast today. Mark, I always I love your intros. Can you do that like boom, like Mr. CEO Tiger Fitness thing? Whatever. Oh, what's up, everyone? Mark Lobliner, CEO, MTS Nutrition here with the Excellence Cartel. That's it right there. Oh All man, right. that was that was money. Lucky I have no voice. It sounds even cooler. <laughs> sound definitely like batman mark man i freaking lost my voice man i was at a wrestling tournament and i kept yelling shit like squeeze and, and whatever you yell in wrestling and I, I it was just it was a, it was a it was a proud dad bod moment i was the only i was the only man there who could actually see his junk past his stomach <laughs> yeah that's very true all right well all right guys so we now are gonna start. yeah now we're ready to get the fuck into this so we're gonna go basically all things mark today we're gonna talk about business we're gonna talk about bodybuilding fuck we might even talk about the arnold who the hell knows where this conversation goes but mark yeah. what we like to do is a tradition we like to find out how everyone's last seven days have been so i'm gonna turn it to jason gramps because yep. uh sue's just douche today and we're gonna go ahead and find out how jason's last seven days have been and what keeps him cheery when he feels good? Uh, let's see. So my last seven days, it's kind of been uneventful, actually. I, you know, I'm signing some new clients, uh, working the business. Um, although the HRT clinic is is running, um, we are taking patients. We just don't have our website up yet. I got a meeting tomorrow to get all that going. So that's cool. Like we're just bringing people in slowly. I'm not trying to advertise really hard yet or anything. Um, but if anyone is interested, you know, you can, you can come my way and shoot, shoot me an email. Um, and we can, we can get you in. Um, but that's kind of exciting. But other than that, like, uh, my mentorship's kind of winding down and I think I might restructure it, um, next time where I do like a little bit of maybe like some group mentoring, um, so people kind of can build a network, um, something like that. So we'll see. But other than that, yeah, man, it's been all right. And it's sunny here today. It's like 50. So I'm going to take it in Kentucky in mid-February. So, Dude, yeah. You come see me next week. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to do Nashville? Yes, sir. All right. It's going to be a fucking great time. I can't wait to see the experiences that we have together in this moment. <laughs> it's going to be good. Sue, how's your last seven days been? I know you're training with Jose and, and getting punished and pummeled. So what's life been like for you for seven? Uh, last seven days, something great. Yeah, I have been training with uh, Jose Raymond, the Boston Mass. We meet twice a week for back and legs. And, you know, he's um, Mark's uh, prep, prep coach, right, as well? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's a great guy. I've been learning a lot uh, from him. The, the stories that he tells me uh, from his, his heyday is uh, Does he train with you or just train you? He trains me. He doesn't work out with me. He doesn't work out. He's just training. Cool. Not good enough yet. Sue's not there yet to get that. No, no. Um, but, you know, business is good. I signed a client that I've been talking to for a couple of weeks now. It just goes to show that like lead times vary and you can't be pushy. You got to be patient and people kind of come to you because she was kind of, you know, straddling the fence between leaving her current coach to come over to me. And, you know, she finally did it. And uh, I'm going to get our plans out later on tonight. Um, my mentorship is changing as well. As Jason, you said, I, I made a post yesterday on my story that the prices are going to go up. For the mentorship, um, I'm filled with 10 right now, but anyone else who's coming on board in the future, it'll be at a new rate. Um, everyone saw it last night, so I won't say anything else on that. But all the coaches are very successful under the program, so I'm, I'm confident in the value that it's delivering. Other than that, everything is good. Um, having a friend come up and visit me 
for a couple of days, um, next couple of days, and uh, taking a few days off from social media and being a douchebag on it, like you always say, Jeff Black. Um, it's that's just your personality. I mean, just who you are on social. Uh, I take it, though. I take it. I it's hate your personality. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. All good. Uh, well, hmm. my last seven days have been like you guys, new clients. Uh, I started doing IG lives. I've got my list built out. I'm going to do like weird shit. Like uh, I have Austin Stout. I'm going to talk about how he like does his business and mentorship. And then I'm doing one with Stephen Pressfield about writing. I actually, Stephen mentors me tomorrow on my writing. Like I've typed out 15,000 words for my book. And we're going to start coming through it. I need about another 15,000, but I carved out every Wednesday morning for three hours to try to get a thousand words. Is, is the book going to bodybuilding too, or is it just all about your OI? Nah, I'm going to talk all about like how fucked up my childhood was and then discuss yeah. like some key aspects that I feel like modern society lies to people on. Like they give a bunch of labels, narcissism, depression, anxiety it's by and large life is dealing with two unfortunate consequences boredom and suffering and most people just can't navigate those two and i wanted to kind of like discuss that end of it and like some of the choices i made in my life and the way i choose to think mentally like mindset stuff because it's really you know at the end of the day most people think i'm an asshole when i'm working out and i don't want to be fucking bothered but what they don't know man is like that part of me still that human part per se still creeps in i still get like twisted up sometimes knowing my brittle bone disease like the other day dude i put four plates on each side of the hack and asked to grasp that shit for eight reps and new max and in my head i'm just like fuck man this could be it you know what yeah, i mean but i'm still will yeah but i'm still willing to go balls deep like you know you've been with me for a few years you know yeah. i fractured a few times yep. so there's still that thing there but um and you need uh, a hip replacement <laughs> yeah but uh you know live live hard die faster is my view so um, the other thing is I got into playing guitar again, like guitar lessons. I signed up. So I've been, uh, back into playing metal. I've been working on like this cover, uh, playing a cover for the black Dahlia murder on seas of salted blood. And then, uh, I decided, I was like, you know, if I'm going to go this route, I should learn classical. So I'm learning music theory and jump back in. Um, so I'm excited to do that. And then with that being said, guys, enough about me. Um, everyone's asking real quick about the PC six. Nashville, the ticket's been announced. You guys will see that topics. It will sell out. We are already getting hit up for this, um, but it's going to take probably about two to three more weeks before we get it up on the website because we got to have different options because we have the option for the plated dinner. Um, you're going to have the option you know, to do the small group with the three of us, and then you're going to have the option for the ticket and then the option for the hangout Saturday night when we go to like play for the drag show. Everyone should be at that damn cornhole eat. Yeah, if you aren't buying that, you're, not, you're missing out on the networking end of this, which is yeah. what honestly is is huge. And then maybe we could talk Mark into swinging by my house that Thursday night. But I'm gonna you know, open man. up my I'm gonna all right, sweet. Well, I'm gonna open up my door to all y'all. If y'all are in town, want to come by? Jason and uh, Sue are staying with me, so we're just gonna hang out at my pad and probably smoke up a bunch and just talk shop. I got Mario Kart. I'll beat some ass down in that. Whoever wants some, get some. Um, but with that being said, Mark, how's your last yes. seven days been, bro? Wrestling tournament, screaming, yeah. losing your voice and shit. What's up? Well, I mean, my voice was gone two weeks ago. I just keep beating into the dirt. <laughs> I actually, uh, actually visited 18 high V grocery stores in the Midwest, Iowa, Minneapolis, <clears throat> Minneapolis area, and also, um, Nebraska. <clears throat> so it was crazy. 18 stores, um, promoting the outright bar. 
So that was uh, that was a feat. I drove over 2000 miles. It was cold. It was nasty. Damn. I don't know why anybody lives in that shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they, do. they do when they buy bars. So I'm there to support them. Um, so I did that. Um, training's been great this weekend. My daughter had a soccer game in Knoxville. Um, she played fantastic, uh, you know, center back, shut them down. And then the next day, my boys had a wrestling tournament and uh, I ended up coaching nobody else from the club. No other coaches showed up. So I ended up coaching a bunch of other kids. But it's been good, man. I trained with um, a guy, you know, Felix Norman today. We did uh, we did chest and I was really excited. I was able to keep up with him for the most part. This dude weighs three hundred and seven pounds. Yeah, Felix, big motherfucker. Like, yeah, I'm 232 right now, and I felt like a child. Like, he could just hold me in his arms yeah. and, like, just caress me and cuddle me. Like, what a large guy. And what a – I mean, he's just – he's an old-school throwback. I mean, you'll love this, um, Jason, because you're, you're, you're in my era. You know, you're older. Remember in the 90s and 2000s, like, you just trained because you wanted to train and you wanted to compete? Like, yeah. there was no social media. There was no flex, and there was no camera guy. That's Felix. Dude has like 700 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Doesn't use social media. And um, he does it because he loves the grind. And this dude is in the gym just pounding it every day yeah. on his own. And, and it's just, it's really cool to train with somebody who's not just out there for clout. You know, because you and I have trained many times, Jason, and we get in there and we, there might be a camera there, but we don't give a fuck. We're just training. Yeah. Like it's old school. It's a throwback. Felix is a throwback to the purity of bodybuilding and the iron life. And I just love that. And the dude just wants to win his pro card. Yeah. It's been a great seven days though. Great seven days. I'm actually going to uh, Michigan. I'm going to do some stuff with Mike Israel over at um, Renaissance periodization. So I'm really, I met him backstage at masters USA. Great guy. Um, very smart, very intelligent and uh, looking forward to hanging out with him. So it's going to be a good time. Very cool. Yeah. All right, I gotta ask. I don't really know much about you, anything at all. Sue fangirls you. Jason knows you as a bro. <laughs> Tell our listeners like who, what, who, who the hell are you, and what are you about? I guess let's get some more basics. Well, out. I mean, basically, I mean, who I am now is I'm a I'm a wrestling coach, um, strength coach for a <laughs> wrestling team at a high school, and a soccer dad with three kids who goes to every tournament and every game. And you know, I have my boys from uh, Ravenwood going to state next week, going to sectionals this week. My daughter. Yes, sir. My daughter should be going to state next week. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm just a, a, an overgrown soccer dad is what I am. Um, but I started in the industry back in um, 1999, you know, Weeder Publications. My first boss was Joe Weeder. I actually sold advertising and marketing at, at Weeder Publications, Muscle Fitness, Muscle Fitness Service, Men Fitness Flex. Um, from there, I went, I started a company called Instone with Sylvester Stallone. Um, oh, I, I remember fired. that. Yeah, I was fired, dude. They fired me. For what? Um, um, I think they just didn't like me. Oh, okay. I don't know why I'm a very likable guy. I um, personally find you rousing. Basically, here's the thing. Like <laughs> I was the only one, I was 23 years old, 24. I was the only one willing to tell them when there was a bad idea. And these guys, their egos were so big. And these two cocksuckers involved, John Arnold and Vince Andrich, they just had it out for me. You know, they brought me in. They basically used me to launch the company, the Arnold Classic that year. And then they canned me after they got done using me. It was kind of shitty. Um, but nonetheless, that forced me to go on my own. And, and then I started a company called Cyvation. Um, yeah. We pioneered the intra-workout category, a product called Extend. Yeah. Um, you might have heard of it. Um, yeah. So basically, we brought the pre-workout category to the industry. And, you know, that that company went really well, sold it in 2011. And that's when I partnered up with Chad at Tiger Fitness. 
And we are partners in that, um, tigerfitness.com, MTS Nutrition, and also in a company called Ambrosia with, um, with Mike Rashid and Shantor Body, which is based in California. We also have 015 Nutrition. I'm partners with Brandon Curry, um, who will be competing in the Arnold. And um, have a couple other companies, Pump Chase with Chris Jones. Um, but overall, I've just been in this industry a long time, done a lot of things. Uh, my main focus right now, what I really enjoy doing is I like coaching kids. You know, that's my passion. But, you know, my day job is, is this, you know, um, the nutrition side. Yeah. I have a question for you, Mark. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to make a clarification. Jeff, when he's talking about extend, he's not talking about the dick pills. He's talking no, no, about- it was the dick pill. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Branch I wish, dude, my dick would, my dick needs it. I, I love the, the apple flavor. The apple and the orange creamsicle one was like really, really good. Really yeah, apple it. was, um, apple was, I think our, well, watermelon started it all, but apple kind of yeah. just brought it to the top, right? Yeah. Now I remember uh, when you first created uh, the cut diet. Yeah. You know those? I, I, you know, I, I oh, I remember it. And I put them in notebooks and I, I followed and all that. So, so why didn't you take the coaching path? Like what? What made you like not go down this like, oh, I want to be an online coach and make, you know, 10K a month and all this stuff? Well, I do online coaching, but just to, um, but it's not my focus, obviously. Right. I think, you know, um, the reason is, is that like my company portfolios are worth tens of millions of dollars. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at what I do and I, I love what I do and I love the supplement game and I love creating things to, you know, basically fix a problem or to address a problem, you know, whether it's glucose disposal or, you know, energy for workouts or anything to do with ergogenics, you know? Um, and I love the, the business part of it as well, the strategy. So, you know, with, with me, you know, what I'm good at is business and I become very good at what I do within the industry as far as formulations and creating things and flavoring things. But, you know, I always look at it this way. God gave me this gift within the industry of being able to do some really cool stuff on the nutrition side. So long term, I can go to, you know, I can make enough money and, and do enough things where I can go to my real passion and what I feel my calling is, and that's coaching. You know, that's where my passion is. I really love working with kids. I love working with youth athletes, but I love what I do on a daily basis. You know, I get to, I get to formulate and represent things I believe in. And I've had this conversation with Jason so many times that so many people in this industry just get into it for the money. Right. And um, anytime you do that, you might make some money, but you're not going to truly reach a level of success because you're not passionate about it. You don't believe in it. At the end of the day, I'm the biggest consumer. And as I grow older, it goes, it's less about pre-workouts, let's say, and more about liver health or kidney health or longevity. So I think the brands like Ambrosia, you know, all those cool things for organ health and, and um, you know, all those great things like Vita is a, is a, a supplement we created for, to, for viral defense. You know, obviously there's a lot of viruses and stuff floating around right now that we're not going to mention because we want to get your channel banned. So, you know, I think that for me, <clears throat> excuse me, I chose what I'm doing now because I love it and I'm good at it. And I just decided to become really, really good at it. And every day I learn new things from new people. You know, you're always trying to expand your knowledge, expand your horizons. And the minute you stop learning is the minute you stop earning. You know, you got to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Jay, what questions do you have, bro? Well, I don't know if it's too early in the interview, but I do want to know like that, you know, you have a, you've been in the industry a long time. Um, you've built a lot of successful businesses, but I want to know like which of the businesses have given you the 
biggest challenge? That doesn't mean you didn't conquer it, but which one has been the biggest challenge? Like, damn, like maybe you had a, you know, it didn't launch exactly the way you wanted or, you know, just whatever, you know, what's, what's been the biggest challenge in, in your, your business? Uh, well, I mean, startups suck because you have no money, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not paying yourself. And it just seems like every time you make money, you lose it or you get sued or something happens. And it's just, you know, it's, it's that, but I think overall the biggest challenge was the outright bar. That thing is the greatest and the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know, I had to learn a whole new industry, how to handle mass distribution, how to sell to, you know, Target and Walmart and Hy-Vee and H-E-B and all these big stores. Dude, we're in big lots. We're literally in big lots. Like who would have thought I'd have a product in big lots? Like they sell furniture and tchotchkes and like there's the outright bar, you know? So it's such a broad product where I had to learn a lot. And also I learned that it's not a high margin industry. It's not a high margin product. So a lot of times you're operating in such deep red as you wait for the terms to catch up with your cash flow. Sure. So it's been a, an exhausting experience trying to learn it. So I'd say that if I'm looking at the biggest challenge, it's the outright bar. And even to this day, we, we have, you know, every day I wake up and I'm, I'm learning something new, like what the hell did I do? Cause it's become such a monster, such a large, um, piece of our, our, our portfolio that it's taking up so much of my time. So, you know, that would be the one where I'm like, Oh shit. Cause you know, selling D to C isn't that hard, right? Like you have a website, whatever you take the order, you get paid, you get money. Like you wait for the processor to give you your money and it dumps in and boom, you got money in your bank. Whereas you're looking at some accounts, it might say net 30, but you're getting paid in net 90, net 120. So it's, it's every day. It's one of those where you're like, man, I wish I would have just kept it direct. You know, it's, it's just <laughs> a learning process every single day and it's a headache yeah. and, uh, but you love it. You know, it's, it's a product that I created for my kids. So absolutely. I love the product. I believe in it, but the business model for those, you know, those, those on the goes, it's such a different world than I ever thought I'd live in. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I, I can see that. That cash conversion cycle is very important, especially when you're you have a lot of inventory and all that. Yes. So I, I have one more. Do you guys want me to fire it or is it along the same lines or is it shifting gears? Yeah, it is. Go kind of. It. It's it's on work-life balance and like oh holding families together and yeah. marriages. Um so I don't know, Mark, you know, we we were always pretty close. And then you know, we've been going our own things, but I don't know if you knew, but Stephanie and I got a divorce. I did know. And, Okay. I follow and you so, on social. Yeah. And so, you know, I stalk you. <laughs> same. And so, you know, <laughs> like, um, how have you been able to hold that together? You know, you have more businesses than me. I mean, I think I have like four. You have, it sounds like eight, nine, 10. Like, how? And I know you traveled a lot. You get in the car and, dude, mm-hmm. like, you were one of the hardest working salesmen. You get in the car and drive around. You sound like you're still doing it in freaking Minnesota. Yeah, so I shouldn't have done that. That was cool. How, how did you keep things together, man? Like, how? how? Man, we fell apart in 2015, bro. It was bad. Okay. Like, we had to go through counseling and everything. So, you know, I think that I, now I think, well, I mean, she, she can validate it. I'm pretty much perfect. I mean, our relationship, meaning... Um, in that I understand where my priorities are and we're on the same page, but you know, you get caught up in your own hype, dude. Like I got caught up in my own hype. My ego got a little too big for me. And you know, I, I, I was like, dude, I'm the man, my businesses are doing well, but think about why you go into business. You go into business. Like we work every day, at least we should to provide for our family. That should be our number one um, 
goal. But what happens is you get so caught up in the process that you forget about why you're doing it in the first place. So again, like our marriage problems were 90 to hundred percent my fault, you know, and the counselor was sure to tell me that I was the asshole in the situation, but I think marriage counseling really helped. But right now, you know, and, and one of the reasons I know I'm, I'm jumping kind of jumping forward right now, but it's the only way I can really explain it. You know, I could never have been a pro bodybuilder in the, in my thirties because I, my emotions were a mess. You know, my priorities were a mess. I, I didn't have any direction, any focus. And, you know, you, you got this like, Oh, you're the machine. You work, you do this. And I get caught. And I know it's, it's on a micro scale. I'm not fucking Brad Pitt, but like you get caught up in your own hype and then you forget what it's all about. So right now, the reason we're together is number one, my wife is a much better person than I am. And number two is that I've matured. You know, it took me 39 years, but I definitely matured and I've actually become a decent man. Whereas at the beginning, yeah, I was a good man. I didn't do any crazy bad stuff. I didn't do any Hillary Clinton stuff. Right. But I did some stuff that was like, you know what? I made some bad decisions here and I wasn't a good dad there. I wasn't a good husband there. And thankfully, my wife was persistent in making it work and, and getting us to go to counseling and figure it out. And here we are, but life balance, dude, if you're going to be a successful CEO, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be the best at what you do, if you're going to build a $50 million portfolio, your, your personal life is going to suck. Like you're going to have a, a place in your life. If you're that much goal driven, there is no balance when you're building empires. There just isn't, you know, I wish I had the answer like, yeah. oh no, you could totally just do this and everything will be cool. You just have to <laughs> massage your feet at night. No, because you're going to have to work so many hours. You're going to have to sacrifice so many things. You're going to have to ignore your kids. Do I regret it? Part of me does. But at the end of the day, we fixed it. Now I'm at every wrestling tournament. I coach my kids. We wouldn't be here right now living in one of the richest communities in America if I didn't ruin things for a little bit. So part of me is like, dude, I can't get that time back. But the other part of me is like, my kids go to the best schools. You know, my kids, you know, my daughter and my, they get to have cars when they turn 16, you know? And so it's a give and take, you know, it's one of those where there is no right answer, but I would recommend not doing exactly what I did and being better on being more balanced on the family side. Cause I definitely, definitely fucked up there. Yeah. I think I did too. Yeah. That's good insight. You know, it's all perspective, man. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, how old are you now, Jason? I'm 44. Okay. I'm 41. So we're in the same kind of, we are. dude, it's, if I, if I had the insight I do now at 32 or 33, mm-hmm. my quality of life right now would be, um, it's, it's great now, but it would be even better. I would have been a superhero at 33, but unfortunately at 33, Everybody's like, oh, 30s old. No, no, 30s young. You're still an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like once you hit 40, I think things start coming together. At least they should. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All yeah. right. How, how do you um what's your perception of what's enough for you? That's a good question. I think I think what you've achieved is beyond what anyone, like 99% of people in this industry can even, you know, dream of. And you've you've made it happen. But I think you know, just just knowing you like on social media and just talking to you, you're, you're very driven. And my sense is that you want more. So how do you sort of tame that inside of you? What's your idea of enough? Will you ever reach a point where you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to maintain. I'm almost there. I mean, I always try, obviously in business, you can't just, you can't just maintain, 
Right. You either grow or you atrophy. It's like muscle. Like there's no such thing, dude, I'm just going to maintain. Like, what does that mean? How do you go to the gym and train to maintain? It's like, I'm just going to do eight reps instead of 10. Like, what the fuck does that mean? You either go to the gym to make gains or you go to the gym to make losses, right? Like there's no between life's the same way. Jason, you have some companies that are blown up right now. I know that because I, I see your numbers on our site, right? I know your companies are killing it. Dude, if you were just like, I'm good here, let me maintain. You would lose your market share in a month. Yeah. You can't just maintain. You either grow or you die. So as long as I own companies, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep pushing because there's a there's hundred other companies out there, if not more, who are trying to take you out of business every single moment of their life. You need to fight like you're drowning every day in business. If you don't, you're going to fucking drown. And that's so, so to answer that question. As long as I have a company, I need to treat it like it's the only thing. Right now, though, I could walk away from this right now, coach kids, and not look back. I've literally, I've, I've been a part of the inter-workout category. I've helped millions of people. You know, I've, I've, I've brought out the first shelf-stable whole food bar um, with the outright bar. I, I've, I don't need a new category. You know, I've, I've slanged protein. I've, I've done health products. I've been involved in every category. Right now, I just want to help kids. You know, I'm content. I've done enough. You could put me in a gym all day and I could coach kids or I go to a school or go to a field and I'm good. So as far as that itch to be better, to get more, I have to do it to stay in business. But I literally, if I walked away tomorrow, I would not have any regrets. That's the, that's the first time I ever said that publicly, but I'm, I'm content. I've done it. Like at 41 years old and, and I'm young, I'm still really young. I'm like, dude, yes, yes, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've put my mark in the industry. I've done every single function of this industry. And sometimes you just got to look at something else, something that you're passionate about. Yeah. That's uh, that's something that I think a lot of us are chasing and will keep chasing. Yeah. You're very lucky to have found that sense of peace. I think. Yeah, I don't know that I have it yet. I don't think I you have it. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it was again. I, I think I credit my marriage falling apart for that one because it kind of refocused me on uh, what's important. And uh, luckily, like I said before, like I was given this gift to be able to earn and provide and love what I do. And my next phase is going to be just you know simply you know kids. I love working with kids. You know, I'm making, I'm literally helping create champions. That's going to set them in the right direction for the rest of their life. Yeah. Mark, when you were, you know, growing all these businesses and seeing your competitors rise and fall and meeting all these different people in the industry, what would you say, or what kind of advice can you give to people who are starting a business, whether it's coaching or a supplement business, like mistakes that you've seen people make that have cost them? Well, a lot of people think you're going to work for yourself. And that's the stupidest thing you could ever think. You never work for yourself. You work for your customers. You work for your clients. You know, at the end of the day, if you're an online coach and you don't get people results. Now, I look at Jason's shit all the time. He's got people coming in with their skin falling off their soul. Like that's results. And his clients love him because he does a good job. I've worked with Jason. He's an amazing coach. So the key is, but Jason looks at things like, I'm providing a service, but I need to make this person content with what they're getting, you know? So you're always working for someone else. 
Another thing is thinking that you're going to work less as a business owner is an easy way to go out of business. Yeah. That whole passive income. What the fuck is passive income? I see this shit on Twitter all the time. Like, dude, I'm getting some passive income. I'm like, what? Where was this shit when I was a kid? At the end of the day, you need active income to have passive income, right? Like if I invest in real estate, okay, I might have some income. I might generate revenue because my property's going up in value. But where did I get that passive income to invest? I had to earn it, get a job. You know, all these people, I remember when uh, the lockdown started, right? They're like, oh man, I'm not leaving. I'm like, dude, get a job at Kroger. They're paying 20 bucks an hour and get a night shift somewhere else. Deliver Uber Eats, deliver a Grubhub. Dude, make money. You need to make money. You can't just sit back, take the easiest route possible and expect money to flow in. It's not that advanced technologically. You know, I see the hours that Jason, I'm just going to use Jason because I don't know you guys like I know Jason, but this guy used to work all the time. I'm sure he works even more now. Look, dude, and he's a smart guy. If anybody could figure out you're a lawyer. Okay. If anybody could figure out how to make money without working, it's a guy who has a fucking law degree, right? He still works his ass off because that's how you do it. You got to work. Sweat equity is everything. But, you know, everybody wants to just sit back and play with their Instagram and go on TikTok and become a fucking influencer. It's not how it works. It's old school, man. You got to get out and work. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. I want to switch gears now. Well, this one's going to still be in the realm, but then another one shift. But as a business owner, what are your thoughts on overhead? So in the online coaching space right now, it is very popular to build out a team and then and said team have about ten, twenty thousand dollars in overhead when you're making thirty or forty K. And then also, what's your thought on overhead in terms of gym ownership? So I guess you're a business owner, you own tons of multiple you own multiple businesses. Overall, how do you approach overhead? You want to keep it as low as possible. You know, you want to have just in time inventory, but a lot of companies overstaff. Like you'll notice it. They'll literally have somebody leave and nothing changes in their day to day. If you have anybody leave your company and the company keeps moving, like nothing happened, you had too many damn people working for your company. You know, I think a lot of people want to grow this great business. Now, overhead is necessary. Like I obviously, and Jason with his company, we have to maintain inventory levels, but like the best business to be in is intellectual property, IP online coaching, subscription services for internet. You know, what can you do to make money without having to have a set bill at the beginning of the month? You know, a lot of people go like, oh, I want to own. And this is why we offer a uh, 3PL service with Tiger Fitness. You know, we have Vorlo 3PL, which we actually ship for other companies because it's our proficiency. We have to have it. But a lot of people, they're like, dude, I got this big, like 3,000, 300,000 square foot warehouse. And I'm like, dude, like, you don't need all that. Like you need to minimize your fixed overhead as much as possible. And that's where a lot of people get it twisted. You know, they're like, oh, I want to hire as many people as possible. Well, you got to look at outsourcing as well. Can you get some 1099s where you're not married to them? Do you need a full-time graphics guy? Like, do you need 40 hours of graphics a week? Or can you get by on, look at Fiverr. You ever, you ever use Fiverr, Fiverr Fiverr.com? Dude, you can literally get a logo and a website made for like 50 bucks. Like, I know well, we're outsourcing to other countries. I'm like, dude, everything we have on our desk right now was made in China. Now's not the time to go into that. You know, you have to survive. Can you get stuff done without having fixed overhead? 
And that's where I see people killing it. Like, look at the professional bodybuilding space. Like a Chris Bumstead, dude's got all these followers and he has monetized them. He's literally made them. Everybody's worth so much. He has an app. He has his YouTube channel generating income. Like that dude knows what he's doing. And it's all just free money. He doesn't have to stack millions of dollars of inventory like I have to do. He just collects a check. And if you want to make t-shirts, that's great. There's t-shirt companies that literally print them as they go and you don't have to stock shirts. So there are so many services now. Sure, you make less margin, but you have no liability. So my advice would be, obviously keep it as low as possible. Gyms are tough. You have employees, you have to have someone running the front desk. You have to have lights, you have to have water. So gyms are a tough business. I think you can second that. To make money in the gym business, when Planet Fitness is giving away $10 a month memberships and crunches at 19 with um, really great amenities, it's a tough world to be in. So, yeah, I mean, gyms, that's a whole, whole nother conversation of how to make those profitable. Yeah, I'll have to hit you on the back channels or bring you on for another, maybe a couple of gym owners uh, roundtable discussion, yeah. because that's something I think is going to make an emergence is in-person training again, coming out of the pandemic. People are going to are lonely and want to chat with people. So anyway, I wanted to get oh, yeah, your I take love on go, that. I go to gyms. I go to Lifetime sometimes and not Carbon because yeah. there's so many people. Cause I, oh, love, yeah, I, know. I love people so much. I love talking to people. I love, I love being around people. It's just who I am. And I think a lot of people, especially after being locked down for two years are like, dude, just give me, I want to talk to somebody. I want to see people. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. hundred percent. Now to the other pendulum, two questions aside of one, what has being a business owner taught you about leadership and what has being a dad taught you about leadership? Man, a business owner, it's basically every employee is different. You can't use the same management style for everybody. You know, you can't. Some people are financially motivated. Some people are motivated by other things. You know, there's no one size fits all. I think that's where a lot of managers go wrong is that they just don't cater um, or tailor their management style per the person, you know. And also, I think a lot of uh, managers and coaches in general are about negative reinforcement. They only talk to you when you did something wrong. You know, I think there needs to be more positive reinforcement. And the same goes for kids. I mean, with kids, it's different. Now, you know, with my kids, you know, I'm I'm, I'm basically, my advice to parents is usually just love your kids. And all of us have different styles, you know, you know, mine's, mine's a little different. You know, I, I'm friends with my kids, but they know that I'm their dad and we're not in the friend zone. Like I will lay the smack down if I have to, not on hit my kids laying the smack down means punishment, whatever. But a lot of parents get in that friend zone. You see that in the community I live in a lot, you know, where they're like, Oh, I just want to be friendly with little Johnny. Then little Johnny becomes a little bitch, you know? So I think you need to have, <laughs> I, th- I think you need to have that line where you're, you're, you're good with your kid. Your kid loves you. Your kid respects you. And I think you need to be able to do stuff with your kids. You know, I think that's what being in shape or being fit, you know, a lot of parents can't do what I do with their kids, with, with my kids, with their kids, because they're not in the good enough shape. They're overweight. They're obese. So I think that being in shape and doing things with your kids, going out there and playing sports with your kids and coaching your kids, I think that's, that's the key. You know, be a part of their life. Be a part of their experience. Good points. Sue, Jason, you guys got any questions? Not at the moment. I'll let Jason ask a couple others if he wants. I would. Well, 
Okay, so um, the you came back in case yeah. the listeners don't know, and, and you got your pro card. What made you get that itch again? Like, tell the people you were boxing, like, give them a little background. Why, why go back? I mean, you've accomplished everything. Bro, you got into boxing, dude. I did it for five years. I'm two and oh, wow. So, I was, um, man, I was getting ready for a boxing tournament in Atlanta on August 28th. So, I was already dieting down because as a heavyweight, I'm really fucking short. And these guys are like six foot six. <laughs> and like, even if you're a better fighter, like reach is really hard to get around. So I was getting ready. I was, I was getting, I was getting actually dieting down to 201 so I could fight in the class below heavyweight, which would have made it where the guys are only a few inches taller than me. So anyway, so long story short, I'm, I'm training, I'm in camp and I've been camp all year. Cause I had a fight in May and I went straight to camp and I'm like, yes, I was really looking good. Like I was looking damn impressive for me, which is really bad, but I looked okay. So anyway, like I'd come back from boxing, like with a concussion, like every day, <laughs> like I was, <laughs> and, um, so I'd be, and I'd be sparring and I get hit in the head. Finally, one night, my wife and I are sitting down and it's in like mid July and we're watching that show Lucifer on Netflix. I'll never forget this. And, um, you know, they were just about to have an orgy scene and she shuts down the TV. I'm like, they're about to have an orgy. What are you doing? And um, so she's like, you got to stop boxing. And I'm like, well, why? And then she had a list oh of God. why I shouldn't box. And I was like, yeah, I had no rebuttal. Like she was right. It was stupid. So I'm like, well, you ready? Like I already retired from bodybuilding in like 2015, right? Or 2013. I'm like, like, what do I do? Like, what do I do? And she's like, I'm like, can I go back to bodybuilding? She goes, we'll talk about it, right? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So like a week later, I'm in California and I get a text from Bino who puts on the Knox Classic. And he's like, they're talking to me, you're talking to a kid. And he was like, um, you know, you should, are you going to be at the show? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give out bars, whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, we're going to, um, why don't you just compete? And he was joking. And I'm like, yeah. let me ask my wife. I was joking too. So I literally asked my wife, hey, can I compete in the Knox Classic? And she just wrote, okay. And I'm like, well, I'm not letting her live this one down. It was in 10 days. So I literally, guy, I hadn't even training for bodybuilding. I was training like two days a week, just bullshit, just a little bit of strength. And so I did what I could and I, I dieted down and I got down to light heavyweight, which is too small for me. And, and I actually won the show. Then I did North Americans and I placed third in my class. I think it was like two points off. It was really close. And then, um, then I did, then I was going to like take a year off and get bigger, but I was getting ready and my body just responded. <clears throat> a lot of people are going to be like, it was the drugs. I'm like, no, it really wasn't. My body just, I have good genetics for building muscle and I hadn't done it in so long. And I just kept putting on muscle. I'm like, Jose, I think this is like seven weeks out. I think I could do masters USA and win it. He said, let's go. And, uh, we ended up getting on stage. I was 191 when I weighed in at North Americans. And I ended up weighing in at 211 at the North at the uh, Masters USA. So I literally put on 20 pounds and I got leaner. So it was uh, it was crazy. And it wasn't like I jumped on insulin or anything crazy. My body just literally was so starved sure. that it just blew up. It was and almost like a perfect reset. <laughs> it was a rebound. And my body and also like a lot of guys by the time they're our age, Jason, like they've already put their body through so much stress and so many cycles and all these competitions. I haven't done anything for five plus years. 
Right. So my body is healthy and it responds. And that's the big difference. And that's why, that's why at 41, you know, I'm still able to coach and do what I do. And cause I didn't take a lot of the risks that a lot of other bodybuilders have. And I'm not saying that's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's why at 41, I might be a bit different than another guy who's 41, who's been on the Olympia stage. Yeah. So what's, what's next? What, what are you getting ready for? Chicago pro July 22nd, July 22nd. And how's that coming along? Like you said, you're 232. What do you think you're going to get on stage at? 212 right on the money. So I'm doing okay. the 212. Okay. Um, I'm not an open bodybuilder. I mean, yeah. these guys, yeah, the 212 with um with Epler winning it last year. And Epler has a very similar presentation that I do. Obviously, I think he's he's probably better. I mean, he's a great looking guy, but as far as being a little bit taller than the other midgets in 212, like I'm like a giant midget in 212. Like right. these guys are really short. Like, so, but Epler's a taller guy for 212, and he just comes in shredded with a small waist. And that's my hope is yeah. that, you know, hopefully <clears throat> because the small guys, <clears throat> excuse me, they have to pack so much muscle on such a small frame that they're not very aesthetically pleasing to some eyes. Maybe not. I'm not saying I'm not hating on anybody like Clarita is an amazing, amazing specimen, but it's a different look. It's a very compact, muscular, dense look, whereas I look more like I flow better. Or I flow differently, not better. I flow differently. So it just depends what the judges want. And honestly, I have no fucking idea. I've never stood next to bodybuilders that good in my life. <laughs> like those guys are amazing and I might get my ass kicked, but I'm training for first. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what it's like. You've done a pro show. How is that? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, the first one was I was nervous, man. I was. Oh, God. And I was backstage like looking at guys. I'm like, dude, I don't know how I'm going to beat that guy. I don't know how I'm going to beat that guy. <laughs> I ended up first call out and taking fifth. So, I mean, you that's know, so you know, good. You just get up there and do it, man. Like, but yeah, I was nervous as hell and it, it's fun though. Like you get treated a little more, you know, nicely and just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool. How did it feel when you won your pro card? Like how'd that feel? I want to know how it, you felt. It felt like a weight off my shoulders and something that I finally accomplished something that I had been trying to do for years. So it was a, it was a, it was a weight off for me. What about you? it wasn't really a weight off. It was a shock. Mm. Like I was literally like, people were like, dude, you totally faked that. That was all theatrics. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like I was walking off stage. I was pretty confident. I won heavyweights. Like I destroyed those guys, but the super heavyweight dude's name is Paul. And as I was walking off stage, I saw this dude coming on the stage. This guy is huge. And he was hard. And I, you know, Jose's like, well, the only thing that could beat you today is like a really conditioned super heavyweight. Mm -hmm. And then Paul gets on stage. <laughs> motherfuckers like harder than granite. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, here we go again. And um, luckily for me, you know, um, again, the judges felt I had better shape and conditioning. He was hard, but I had better condition. If that makes sense. Like the dude was, his skin looked like it was fucking marble like it was weird like yeah. you could see like in depth like his skin like yeah. detail it was crazy and I'm, I'm I'm walking I'm like oh my god like this guy is enormous like he was and he came in shape this dude suffered like and I respect anybody who comes in shape because we all yeah. know how hard that is 
Yeah. And uh, I was like, shit, dude, if this guy beats me, I'm not even going to be mad. But once you looked at the comparison shots, I, I do think the judges made the right decision. So, I mean, I'm not like, obviously I'm not going to call politics on my own win, but like, I think it was, I don't think anybody's arguing. Even the people who hate me online were like, yeah, you won that show, you know, begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. Begrudgingly. Haters like, yeah, yeah, exactly. The haters actually, I came in, Jose brought me in such good shape that people who hated me were like, all right, you suck, but you actually look pretty good. That <laughs> Felt oh, good. What was it like working with Jose compared to past prep coaches? Well, Jason sucks. I mean, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just playing. Um, you know, the reason that's funny, because I always tell people this, like, I'm not going to risk my health for bodybuilding. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do bodybuilding, but I'm not going to do crazy shit like you hear these coaches do, right? Most people don't realize Jose is a minimalist when it comes to bodybuilding prep. And everybody who's listening to this knows what I'm talking about without going into specifics. And Jose is one of those guys like, dude, if it's HRT, whatever, you know, and it's, it's mainly diet based and, you know, it, it's nothing crazy, but also the main thing is like Jose looked like what I wanted to look like. Obviously our structures are different, but the graininess he brought, and this is no knock to coaches. And I think Jason can probably be on a similar page as, as I am on this, but I love Aceto and all these guys and Chad. They're amazing individuals, but they've never been shredded. And I just have trouble. And this is my own problem. Most likely I have trouble taking advice on how to get somewhere from someone who's never been there. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I don't want to sound like that guy, but Jose it. has worked with Chris. Jose has worked with himself. So you're getting a little bit of Aceto's knowledge and whoever else Jose worked with or learned from, as well as his own personal experiences. And, you know, and also like, I know him, I'm friends with him. He understands that, like, if you told me to like, just sit still for a day, it's not going to work. So Jose understands that I'm going to be running around with high school students at 4 PM every day. So it's, it's just that whole package and it was the right choice. Like, we, again, I looked way better than I ever thought I could look like a lot of people like, Oh, I could have done this different. Now, based on the muscle I had, I looked way better than I ever expected. Like that was, that was peaking. That was beyond peaking. That was like stupid, stupid. Um, how good of shape I came in compared or how good I looked. I never expected to look like that in my life. It was insane. I mean, I've looked, I've been proud of myself before, but I was like, I looked at pictures after prejudging and I was like, that can't be me. Like that was insane. Like my legs were shredded, everything. I, again, it sucked getting to that point, but man, I always have the pictures, right? Yep. Uh -huh. uh, I think we got enough time for one question each. So I'll let you go Sue and then Jason, or you can inverse it however you want. Yeah. I have, I have one question kind of light and then another question piggybacking on what you just said about, your haters. So, hey, you, you're really busy, but do you manage your own social media and make your own posts? I've always wondered that. And then secondly, how have you circumvented and managed the, the people who have disliked you and maybe changed them over to your supporters? So I do handle every DM, every post. I Funny thing is, remember, Jason, do you remember Peter, fam? Yes. Okay, for like a, a week, Okay, Chad had this idea in 20, uh, 2012 
that Peter can answer some of my emails. <clears throat> and it was so bad. Mm. Like he was trying to be me so hard that it was so bad. So I'm like, never again. And this I love Peter to death. He's still my friend, but I will never, <laughs> Peter did his best, but like, I'm weird. I will never again have someone speak on my behalf. So <laughs> if it has my name on it, people message me all the time. Like, is this really Mark? I'm like, it's my name. Like, yeah. I mean, be weird if it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I answer all my own social media, do all my own posts. I have no help from anybody, which is why it's so bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Um, but as far as haters, you know, I think people come in and said, Hey, you know, I thought you were a piece of shit, but turns out you're not that big of a piece of shit. I get that a lot. Um, I, I think, you know, I come off as very brash and very, you know, confident. Um, if I'm going to say something, whether it's politics or training or nutrition, if I'm going to make a statement, I'm going to be very confident in what I say. Amen. And that can come off as arrogance and cocky. Yep. And, and I think, I mean, all of us do. Like, I know Jason, I read Jason's stuff all the time. He's like, hey, if you want to do this, you have to do this. And then people respond like, who the fuck are you? He's like, you're, you're literally reading my page. That's who I am. You know, it's, <laughs> people are like, but if you have confidence, people automatically think that you're narcissistic or you're arrogant yeah. or you know it all. When in reality, you're just stating your opinion. And in reality, dude, I mean, I learn every day. Like I learned today. I learn everything. I read all the time. You know, I'm always learning new things. Like I just interviewed Phil Heath yesterday. I learned like 10 new things that I never knew, you know, because he's obviously been the greatest at something for seven years in a row in the world. You know, so I think that with haters, you know, you're always going to have them like Hitchens wrote a book on mother Teresa and how she's a piece of shit. Mother Teresa, a saint literally had a book written about her, how she sucks. She's a saint, put that in perspective, right? So if mother Teresa can have haters, we can. And as long as you have a platform and you have an opinion, 50% of the population are going to disagree with you. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Nothing you can do about it. You're going to have haters and uh, they're going to say things that hurt. And I say that like, it hurts. It hurts when people talk shit. It does. It's the only thing you notice. You can have a hundred comments. Like you're amazing. You're amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. And then you have one comment, like, you know, I, I think you're a piece of shit. And you're like, and that's the only thing you see. And then I wonder like, who would write that? Then I, I get questioned, like, what kind of person would say that? But it eats you. It does. And no matter how much you think it doesn't, it, it eats you. It subconsciously will eat at you. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do, you, do you have a fuck you list? As far as who I don't like or who uh, I want to fuck? <laughs> no, the, list, the, the fuck you list in business. Yeah. <laughs> For like um, business I don't like or people? People you don't like. I, just by your statement, I didn't know if you had a fuck you list. Like, well, I'm going to ram this down I their still... fucking throat. I still hold a grudge against those two guys from Instone. <laughs> Dude, that's a grudge, man. That's literally a 20-year-old grudge almost. Um, 18, actually. Probably you know, for that commitment. Man, I mean, yeah, that hurt. But, yeah. I mean, I'm over it. I, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, I always end up, when I, when I don't like somebody, or I hate somebody, or I think they're evil, I always end up looking at things and realizing that if you look at it from the other side, you, they usually have a good reason for it. Like, obviously there's some people who are just psychopaths, but for the most part, you know, 
I mean, we're only on this earth once, right? Like I'm, I'm halfway there. Like if I live till 82 years old, this is half, this is, I'm halfway there. And um, we ain't got time for that. Like we're going to die. And do we really want to spend our time on earth hating somebody? Just move on, move past it, get over it. You know, that's, that's just me. And that's perspective. You know, I'm happy. What am I going to be mad at? Like I live in a beautiful house with a beautiful family. I love what I do. Why would I waste my time on, on hate, you know? Yes, yeah. sir. Thank you for that. Jay, you want to close this out, big man? Yeah, I'll close it out. Um, you know, something that I think about, you know, with my businesses and just uh, in general coaching and all the people I've touched, um, you know, what, what do you want your legacy to be when this is all mm. said and done? Well, it's definitely not money. Nobody cares. Like nobody cares that I live in a cool house. Nobody cares if you drive a fancy car. What have you done to help people? You know, and uh, I was thinking back and I actually just did a interview on a, a, a coach that helped me, you know, Coach Miles in high school. And he's the reason I'm here right now because he took me under his wing when everybody else gave up on me. And he's the reason that I got out of my situation and am where I am right now. One coach. And my goal is that when I die, that my kids can be proud of what I did. And also there's kids I coach. Like I have a kid going right now. He's going to state Sachin kids, 107 pounds. He wrestles in the lowest weight class and he's top five in the state. And he literally wrote me a message a couple of weeks ago. Like you're the reason I'm where I'm at. You know, and I think that's my legacy is helping people. I don't want people to know me as the guy who yelled boom, even though that's probably what's going to fucking happen. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't want people to know me as this guy or that guy. I don't even care about the intra workout category. Don't care. It's like, I want one kid or maybe a hundred. I don't know. At least one kid to be like, you know, the reason I'm where I'm at right now, or one of the reasons is because that guy believed in me and I believe in every kid I coach. I do like, I love those kids. I was literally told one day, like, like I told my wife that story about Sachin. I broke down in tears. I'm about to cry right now because that's what it's all about. I have another kid, Drew. He's uh, he, he won top he, number one in region. He's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. That's why I'm here. That's my legacy. And, you know, we all have our own legacies, but I found something that I'm good at. And that's kids. That's coaching. Mm -hmm. and that's my goals very cool dude i know everyone knows where to find you but we always have everyone shout out their shit so wherever you want people to find what's up with mark where where can they watch you scream at kids and lose your voice with wrestling tournaments <laughs> just come to any tournament in tennessee i'm probably there um but no we got a uh, tigerfitness.com we also carry jason's products over there um which you know is awesome by the way, congratulations. I haven't personally congratulated you on your success. Thank you're, you, crushing, you're crushing it. And we, we love carrying the brand. Um, TigerFitness.com, uh, Outright Bar is available at, obviously it's at HEB, V, old GNCs. Um, we're, we're doing really well with that. If you go on social media, just type in Mark Lobliner, M-A-R-C-L-O-B-L-I-N-E-R, and you'll find me. But, you know, shoot me a DM, say what's up. You know, I answer all my DMs as we, we already went over. And, uh, Again, I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, taking time to join us. I'll actually, once we're done, cut it and post it. So, 
Appreciate it, brother. Awesome. Well, you guys have yourself a phenomenal day. Peace. Sir. See you guys. Take care, Bryce.